Live from the Old Church Concert Hall in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. I did not attend my grandmother's funeral. She was 21. I was 21 when she died. And I came up with a lot of reasons at the time that I didn't go. It would cost a lot of money to fly to Iowa where she was going to be buried. I'd have to get time off both my jobs. I was getting ready to go to law school. I came up with reasons. But really, there was only one reason I didn't go. The loss felt too big for me to know how to deal with. It felt so personal that I couldn't imagine having to go talk with other people and manage it. I just didn't know how to talk about it. And so I didn't go. There's a picture of me with my grandma when I was about two years old. We're on the landing outside of our apartment building. It's just any day. She's wearing this very 70s outfit, and she's got a beehive hairdo and 70s glasses. I'm wearing a little wool pink cape and white tights, and I'm holding her hand. She's looking at the camera, smiling, and I'm just looking straight up at her, just adoringly. I'm looking at her like she is the most important person in the world. And she was. In fact, in some ways, even 20 years after her death, she still is. I grew up with my grandma. She lived with me my whole life. She lived in the same apartment complex as me and my mom and my dad when I was born. When my parents got divorced, when I was about one or two years old, she moved in with my mom. And she ended up moving with my mom from Washington to California, from California to New Mexico, and was there my whole life. She also was, in many ways, my primary parent. My mom worked, and for various other reasons, she sort of ceded primary responsibility to my grandma. So my grandma was the one who was home with me every day, all day, when I was little. She was the person that, when I started school, drove me to school in the morning. She picked me up and drove my carpool at night. She kept me company until my mom got home. She made dinner. She was really my primary parent. At the same time, my mom was still there, so it actually allowed us to maintain that sort of grandparent relationship, that really special bond that you have where you can kind of do no wrong and you are just the apple of their eye. And so I got to have that with her, even though she was also my primary caregiver. My grandma was the biggest influence in my life. There's no question about it. Even now, I will sometimes realize that character trait that I have or a habit comes from her, and I never realized it before. And yet, there's been this sort of strange conundrum I've realized in recent years. Even though my grandma was the most important person in my life and still means so much to me, I don't really talk about her very much. I have two kids now, and I really want them to know her through me. I want to share her with them. But it's hard. It's hard for a couple reasons. One is that I cry most of the time when I talk about her. You can't imagine how much work it took to not cry this whole time. <laughs> and the other thing is, how do you communicate a person? How do you explain someone to people who will never know her? who will never get to meet her. How do you really do that? There are so many, I, I feel like I had such a special relationship with her that I'm responsible for her memories. I'm responsible for the memories I shared with her, 
but I'm also responsible for her own memories that she shared with me. I feel like the custodian of that. At the same time, I kind of feel like I'm falling down on the job <laughs> because it is so hard to talk about her and I don't know how to communicate her in the way that I can give her to do her justice. She's with me in so many ways. She really gave me a lot of my values. She was this really strong and independent woman that I always looked up to. She was my number one role model. She was born in 1907, and she grew up in this little farm town in Iowa in the middle of nowhere. When she went to college, she got a college degree. She was a basketball coach. She ended up getting married in her early 20s to a, another basketball coach, and after a couple years, realized he wasn't that nice a guy. So she got an annulment. It was the scandal of her small town, but she did it, because that's that was she was not going to put up with that. She ended up getting remarried in her early 30s, had kids in her early 30s, which was very uncommon. And then she got another divorce in her early 50s, because that wasn't what she wanted, and she wasn't going to fall wasn't going to settle for anything less than the life she wanted. She was just so strong. She also always taught me the importance of loyalty. She was very loyal, and she always said, Robin, you have to be loyal to your family. You always look out for your family. And she always had my back. She gave me this unconditional love that I don't think there's anything else that can replace that for a child. She always gave that to me, and I always knew that no matter what, she would be there for me. She would always have my back. And if there was a little tiff with a neighborhood kid, or my cousins and I were fighting, I knew she'd always be on my side. Sometimes, maybe even when it wasn't totally in the right, <laughs> but I knew she would always be on my side. There are also very specific memories I have of her, some of them of, of things that were a big deal to me. My grandma had this very strong voice. Um, she had been an she had taught music and drama and speech, and she had a very, she wasn't like a soprano with an airy voice. She had like a really powerful, like operatic voice almost. And she would come in my room every morning. I'd always been a night owl and didn't like getting up in the morning. She would come in my room in the morning and just burst out into, you are my sunshine every single morning. And I loved it. Um, I pretended I didn't love it, but I loved it. <laughs> so it's basically like waking up to someone saying, I love you and you're so special every morning. Who doesn't want to wake up to that? When I was in third grade, I was going through a particularly tough time because I had skipped second grade and then changed schools in the middle of third grade and I didn't know anybody and I was shy already and it was just a really tough time for me. And so my grandma got permission from the principal. The lunch hours was the worst because you didn't know anybody and you're all alone, it was just awful. And my grandma got permission and she would come every Friday and pick me up and drive me to the IHOP across the street from the school and I would sit with her for an hour and have silver dollar pancakes it made me feel so good, <laughs> and it gave me something to look forward to all week long. And then when I graduated college, she was in her 80s by that time, in her late 80s. She was blind, she was in a wheelchair, she was coming to that graduation. She lived in New Mexico with my mom at the time, and I was in school in Boston. She was going to be there, so she got on a plane, it was her last plane flight, and she flew out to Boston because she could not imagine not being there for me. And I can't imagine not having her there. And then, of course, there's all the little things that you just know about someone from spending every single day with them for such a long period of time. Like when I was little, I remember we'd go to the park and she would always carry an apple in her purse for my snack. And she had this little knife from Germany that she'd gotten the only time she ever went to Europe in her life. 
It was this little knife that was in a leather pouch, and she would take it out and carve the apple in one single long peel that would sort of spiral down to the floor while she was cutting, and I thought it was so cool. Her favorite candy bar was Twix. She was always drinking coffee, although I look back now and realize she was drinking the same cup of coffee all day long. She just kept reheating it. <laughs> but at the time, we all really associated coffee with her. We never went on a single vacation my whole childhood where within the first 45 minutes, we didn't have to go back home to see whether the coffee pot was actually off. <laughs> she had perfect pitch. She, her signature dish was scalloped potatoes with Velveeta. And <laughs> her whole life, even when she was a very old woman, every single time she talked about her dad, she cried which I didn't really get at the time, but now I do, because every time I talk about her, I cry. When we're gone, the people in the world at large remember us, if anything, for our big accomplishments. But the people who really love you remember the little things, like your favorite song. My grandma's was Blue Danube. She played it on the piano every time we went to my Aunt Nancy's house. So, I have all these memories. How do I share with my children how much she meant to me? How do I give that to them? I'll share the story with them. That's one thing. Maybe it'll make it easier to talk about her a little bit more. But I've come to realize that there are a lot of ways I share her just in sharing the gifts that she gave to me. I think I lived, her memory, I lived her memory when my kids were little in daycare. I would take turns to go pick one of them up on a Friday and take them over to the village inn to have lunch with them. And they still talk about that. Like, I read Harry Potter to my 10-year-old every night. And every year, I insist on making them both a, a homemade birthday cake with something elaborate on it. Because I know it's the little things that count. And it's the little things that they'll remember. And I also think I live her memory in some of the things I've taught them. I have made sure that my children know that no matter what, I unconditionally love them. I have taught them loyalty to family and to always look out for each other and to look out for their family. And I think that that is the way that I really live her memory. And then there are those times they surprised me with the little things. My seven-year-old has been able to sing You Are My Sunshine since he was three. He thinks it's his song. <laughs> and the other day, I was looking at a photo of my grandma on the wall when my 10-year-old came up. And I said, that's your great-grandma Martha. And he said, oh my gosh, isn't she the one whose favorite candy bar was Twix like me? <laughs> 